Circle round, wise guys. Welcome back to another Fly Casual. Tonight we're going to get a little slap happy and a little punch drunk because we are talking about the three stooges on another Fly Casual. The app just crashed. Yeah. No lie. As soon as I hit the button. So we're just going to open it back up. We're going to stall for time and then this. Oh, there, there, there it is. <laughs> Perfect opening every time. Every time. Howie, I, I, I love I love the symmetry of you you bombing out the original intro and then us ref- you're like, no, we're going with it. And I'm, we're all like, no. And then we're like, all right, we're gonna for real do a second take, which is against our policy, granted. Yeah. And you you nailed that, and then the app crashes yep. and 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 bombs it out anyway Although because we did, the we did fates. Have, we did have a pre second take that Mike nixed all together. <laughs> yeah, that bad. was the most artful of all. Uh, well, I might argue that. Fact, I feel but... like Howie's Bobby <laughs> McFerrin level uh, uh, vocal <laughs> manipulation skills were on display. In spades, Michael. Well, well, if you're doing a Three Stooges episode, nothing can go right anyway. That's right. Yeah, yeah you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. If you talk about their antics or their personal lives. Or right? their episodes. Oh, brother. But before we get to talking about Three Stooges here on episode number 302. Two. 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 302. You know, only 98 away from episode 400. Just saying. That'll be we're ep- almost there. That'll be episode right three hundred two. You know what part they say? Ninety <laughs> episode four hundred is right around the corner. <laughs> right around the corner. That's right. You can buy your episode four hundred uh, keepsakes at, at a Hallmark near you mm-hmm. right now. But welcome back. We are going to talk about some goofy fun antics that uh, that are. You know, if, if you if you've cursorily seen some Three Stooges or maybe were a gentle fan of Three Stooges. You may be surprised. There's a lot to be learned there. Yes, there is. And we're going to be getting in hot, hot and heavy after a bit here. But in the meantime, I'm Corey over there. Josh from Kokomo. Hello, world. Yep. He, he yep. did it again, That's guys. It. That's, yep. There's the art. Yep. He does the thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's my thing, guys. You know, John and Maroon, Josh from Kokomo, they actually brought him in to replace Petrie when he had to go on rest because he was having alcohol problems. And they replace. Do you do you prefer Petrie, uh, Josh from Kokomo, or uh, Petrie Joe? Which one? <laughs> Petrie Joe. I'm already sorry. going in deep. Petrie Joe. I'm Dorita. going in deep. What about fake Petrie? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I hope we hope you don't notice Petrie. Yeah. Uh, nothing to see here. Don't look. Josh, sorry, I just called you Shemp. <laughs> it's it's okay. Right. It means you you also wet the bed. And have it high anxiety. It fits. He's the original, but he didn't come around till a lot later. Yeah. Also, oh, yeah. Sort of, sort of the original, kind of. It's such a topsy turvy tale. It is Over very there. interesting. Over there, uh, probably Stooge fan number one, Mister Michael J. Archbold. Ooh, hey, yeah. how you guys doing? Oh, we're keeping you awake. That's how yeah. we're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm more awake than it sounds. Truly, I am. Yeah, this is this is a, a subject close to your heart. No, uh, it is. It is. Uh, Three Stooges, Marx Brothers. I am big fans and uh, of those uh, guys, those guys, guys, and uh, those wise yeah, guys. I'm very excited about tonight's episode. Yeah, if you can't tell. Yeah, equally as excited. Howie, <laughs> 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 give me a look. Over Master Control, Steve J. Howie. Hi. 
Yeah, how's it going? That's good. Really amped I'm, up. I'm here. Yeah, good yeah. to have you here. Yeah, up, I'm still go. pissed that I don't have pizza. I was going to say, you don't have to be here. You go up and start making a frozen pizza right now. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the button. You're good for a while. Yeah, I, well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have much to contribute here. Yeah, Do you well, want me to go know, make some I, pizza? We got to get through dockets. And then, you're right. Yeah. You're right. We got to get through them right. dockets. So right, uh, yes, why don't we just go ahead and skip straight? Oh, cross pond dive. You missed Gary Gnaje Hardy. Hey, wise guy, eh? That's what Three Stooges. Yeah. yeah. All right. The highest brow. Giggity. I had a poster of the Three Stooges in my college dorm room, freshman Aww. year. I don't even remember that. It said golfing with friends. I do remember that. It was the golf one. Yep. <laughs> I remember yeah. now. I've seen that poster, not in your dorm room. Oh, that poster was it. like seriously available in Spencer's yeah, right, for know, like I've, approximately 40 years. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> That's it. That's where I got it. In multiple places, yes. Yeah, it's like here on this wall, we have vibrators on this wall, three Stooges posters. <laughs> of course. Yep. I think I had two posters. The Three Stooges and the that uh, giant banner of the Daredevil movie. Yeah. Like <laughs> yep. Then I don't they, think I, I hooked that up for like a, a, maybe a day. <laughs> it's uh, too big. They had they had three vibrators uh, called Larry, Moe, and Curly. Uh, I'd, I'd probably go with the Curly one. First off, mm. you're lying. So. Secondly, you might accidentally be telling the truth. That seems like a plausible one. <laughs> well, I <had> <laughs> I sported the mo cut for a number of years. You really did. <laughs> yeah. It was right around the time he hung that Daredevil banner. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Oh man, I very briefly had a curly cut. Very briefly. What? Yeah. Well, I shaved my head after I bleached it. Oh. Because my dark hair coming in behind the, platinum uh, blonde looked pretty trashy. Uh, it yeah. was bad. That would have been people actually. Else. People pay a lot of money for that look these days. Yeah, <laughs> true. That's true. But without further ado, let's get into up, up that docket face hole. Docker rise. Ding a dee dockerly. Howie, what's on your docket? Whoa, Howie goes first. What's on your docket, Howie? Um, I docket to me, baby. Finished the first season <gasps> of Snowpiercer. Oh, Snowpiercer. Jeez, Gary, come been, on. <laughs> I've been interested in seeing that because I, I love the movie. So I've never watched the movie. Oh, uh, you haven't? No. Uh, that's probably better, though. That's, that's probably better, that's a good, honestly. Good action movie. Um, has Captain America in it. Yeah. Yeah, it sure does. Uh, I Well, I debated actually watching the movie first and then doing the series, but I was like, I'm going to do the series because they just started season two. Is that correct? <clears throat> yep. Yeah, Sean I, Bean's in it. I watched the first episode of season Boromir three, so. himself. Yeah, well, Sean Bean's in the first one, too. Ish. Oh, yeah. Briefly. Is he? His voice. Um, he gets his head chopped off at the last episode. He, he becomes your favorite character, and then they kill him. Yep. That's yes. how Hollywood. That's how, that's how they do it. Um, I'm a little disappointed <laughs> because that means Sean Bean's not doing the Frankenstein movie or series that he was oh. doing that. Oh, really yeah, that's right. Uh, but uh, but I knew they canceled anyways. You can do two things. I really like that one. But anyways, um, so if you don't know anything about Snowpiercer, then you can just crawl in a hole and die. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, good don't thing do I know that. like one thing about Snowpiercer. <laughs> don't do that. It's uh, it's actually um, I didn't really know much about Snowpiercer other than it was on a train and the world was cold. Uh. <laughs> 
That's the plot. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the plot. And so, yeah, this because of global warming, I'm assuming. Um, now, you see what happened is they were trying to fix global warming. Yeah, they're trying to fix global warming. Right, and but they made it worse. Scientists made the, <laughs> the earth cold. They shot something into the oh, air no. yeah, and it made it worse. It made it worse. It mm-hmm. had the reverse effect. Uh, and so... There's st- the, the few remaining survivors on this thousand and one train train, train. <laughs> car thousand train one car train yeah thousand and one car train uh they built built the what what they call the turtle engine the so, eternal engine so yes. the so the train has to always be moving mm-hmm. uh and if it's doing that it can support uh it has power to run all these different they have reason why they have a thousand one cars is obviously they have to carry people but they have to sustain life so in order to do that you have to be able to you know create things you know like grow food and and yeah, be cows. Able, you, yeah do you know harvest animals i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't Slaughter, really go in, yeah okay. they don't really go into the, the all the mechanics of of how, how any of that works but <laughs> Um, so I am kind of curious, like, okay, hey, how do they get cows to just be in this car and be and not have any problems with the cow at all? Ever, it's you know, at the point at this point, it's seven years Magic. after they after the the event, the event. Um, but you know, they have their political turmoils because it's a class system. Mm-hmm. They had to buy tickets to get on the train. So either you bought first class, second class, or third class mm. tickets. So, uh, or you stowed away. Yeah, and then in in the event of oh the train's gonna already take off and everyone's dying, there's a bunch of people who got on the back of the train in the last car and they got on for free. So they're they're no class. They're called the tailies because they're in the mm-hmm. tail mm. part of the. I I see what you did yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, see that. But uh, it's it's a it's an interesting concept. Uh, yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy the series. Uh, it's I kind of tore through the first season pretty quick. Um, tore it. So it's got Jennifer Connelly is the oh yeah one of the main chicks. Okay, mm-hmm. from Rocketeer. Does she have all those eyebrows still. Just from Rocketeer. That's all. Mm-hmm. Eyebrows. Um, Ed Requiem for a Dream. She, yep. <laughs> She's, Don't forget she's, that one. She's aging nicely, as I, I, I have to say. Yeah, she's a handsome yeah. woman. She's yes. been aging she slowly age. for That's a long thing. time. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't age. Is what, yeah, what I'm saying too. Yeah, uh, and so uh, and then um, I don't, I've never seen this the 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 dude. Um, yeah, you have El Duderino. Where have I seen him from? Have you seen? Know, you tell me what's his name. Uh, Hamilton. No. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> You haven't seen him. <laughs> that was it. Swinging a miss. There's one other credit. He played Thomas Jefferson in that. David Diggs. Musical. Yep. Don't know. He's got really yeah, big do. hair. Have you seen have Hamilton? You seen Hamilton. <laughs> I have not seen Hamilton. <laughs> oh, oh, never mind. You My daughter's trying to get me to watch it. I haven't. I haven't partook. He plays Thomas Jefferson. He's All a right. dick, and it's great. Mm, I haven't okay. seen him. No. You haven't. Seen yeah, you him. have. Where? Yeah, you have. Have you seen, seen Hamilton? Hamilton? Wait, wait, wait. Is that the have, moving on up show? I have not seen Hamilton. Oh. That's not true. How is that not true? I don't know. <laughs> I have legitimately have not. I was trying to change. The, anyways, uh, 
So Josh didn't have a chance to say he hadn't seen him. I didn't <laughs> want him to get a chance. Josh? Josh was, in Hamilton? <laughs> uh, believe it or not, no. Oh. Josh hasn't seen him either. So is Garrick the only one who's seen Hamilton? In the world. That would be what I derive from what just transpired. But I want him to say that he's seen Hamilton because he may not have seen I have. Hamilton. It yeah. took a while oh, okay. to get through it, but I did complete it. You did yes. several several settings, did you? Yes. Yep. Maybe like four or five. There's a lot of singing in that mo- in in the musical <laughs> for some reason. So in uh one interesting thing uh, about the end of season one and and of course now in season two, there's this girl who I'm like, she looks really familiar but i don't think it's on a show that i've ever like watched it must have been like one of my kids like watching something and mm-hmm. then uh uh so there's a girl on there uh who is from girl meets world you guys remember boy meets world i do, I do remember there was a follow-up yeah follow-up i remember uh, i have seen that one. not too long ago uh girl meets world on disney channel and so she was the lead in that so now she's on snowpiercer and i Felt kind of dumb. You guys like, remember Topanga? Oh, yeah. Well, she was in Girl Meets <laughs> World too. Girl Meets World. Oh, yeah. I, I was is? not on the Topanga train with everyone. Oh yeah, Girl Meets World is uh, what's his name in Topanga? Married and had a girl. Married and had a girl. Right. Yep. And now oh, she and then takes she the met place. the world. She met the world. She had to yep. at some point they get introduced her to the world. Yep. Dad they like, invited the world over for dinner. Exactly. One night he's like, "Listen, listen, kid, girl don't embarrass world. me in front of Daddy's old friend, the world." <laughs> and back in the nineties, I met this guy. The, the world and I used to go girl, bowling. That girl kind of looked like she could legitimately be a daughter of the two of them, mm. which was kind of. I heard that show was terrible. It probably was. It was I, on the Disney Channel, so it probably. Oh, terrible! Yeah, yeah. Odds aren't great. So, but she obviously found a better, better job now. <laughs> now she's on and a Sean, train. And uh, uh, Mr. Bean, Sean Bean, Sean Bean, right? That's yeah, Sean not Bean. Mr. Bean. Uh, yeah. Ned um, Stark. Of course, it's like, well, now he's in it too. Um, I've got to continue watching this, even though I didn't have a problem with watching it before, but I love Sean Bean. He's good. He's good in the second season. Spoiler. Well, there's only <laughs> like two or three episodes out, right? Yeah, like three, four. Yeah, I've watched one. So, yeah, and he's as good as you would. Uh, well, he's just good. Josh, what's on your docket? Oh, <laughs> uh, just finally watched the Queen's Gambit. I oh, yeah, yes. you did. I still yeah. haven't watched it. I want to. It's good. It's thank you. Know, you. you know, just right. I like this affirmation. <laughs> <laughs> Even just visually, like it's really well done. Mm-hmm. It's just really interesting to watch the. Lead actress, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, she just has this enigmatic face. <laughs> I, I don't want to try and just, like, the way that her eyes are, like, set slightly wide, I don't know if I would use the word, like, uh, it's it's not weird, but it's just, just enough off of normal, but still, like, really beautiful mm-hmm. that it just draws you to her. And, of course, the character she plays in this show is you know that's her whole thing she's this you know kid wonder genius at chess yeah and uh you know i from a writing perspective uh, you could say that there's maybe some holes in the plot or this or that but what i appreciate about it is that they don't try to explain everything right um it touches on some meaningful subject matter but it doesn't do it in a way where it's like this is the point and we're trying we have a message here about this thing. It's just literally telling this very interesting story. And um, it, it could have 
you know, not to give anything away. I suppose maybe I am, but it, it could have ended. It involves chess. <laughs> it could have ended mm-hmm. like tragically, um, but it had a very nice, happy American ending. And it, it left me feeling like I had nice butterflies inside of me flying around. Oh, yeah. Like, the, yeah. That, that last episode, I felt Boy, it was okay. such a gratifying episode that after the end, I was like, oh, I'm so glad I watched the series. It, it has yeah. one of those elements, too, that I appreciate in a lot of movies where there ends up not being a villain. So yeah, when something can be intriguing without a bad guy, without someone being just inherently evil. Well, there are people that are initially presented as kind of like, you know, off-putting, off-putting or one dimensional characters. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, obviously they're a foil for, mm-hmm. you know, the lead character Beth. But then as it progresses, even those characters get character development and right. end up um, being along the, you know, redemptive ride of the movie. And so there's a lot of moments in the movie that just really make you feel good. My wife and I had every intention to watch this. And then she went out to lunch with her boss one day and her boss pretty much gave her like word for word, the entire play by play of the whole (laughs) thing. And now my wife refuses to watch it. And so she's like, I already know all about it. It's all like, it's all spoiled for her. And I'm like, couldn't you enjoy it anyway? And she just won't do it. So I have have to find time. This is a weird, like, this is a, a movie that I believe I feel like you could spoil, and, and it doesn't matter. I've said I, I, I know enough about the like how people have described the quality, and like you've said the character development. It, I I've tried, I've tried to convince her otherwise. It's aesthetically, it's like it draws you in in the same way that I assume like Mad Men would. Oh, if Mad only, Wait, you're not yeah. selling it to me now. <laughs> if if Mad Men was, but wasn't, and, and, and it has the dark underbelly, but it's 100% redemptive. Yeah, so. I think that's how, exactly how I compared it when I first talked about it, like to Mad Men, but not fake. Yeah, not like so artificially <laughs> botoxed up. Oh, mm-hmm. that show is stupid. Like the the spectacle is well worth it. The acting, the characters are even. I mean, the the plot itself is not. There's no twists and turns and curves. Mm. Kind of know what's going to happen throughout the. I mean, I, they they start. I mean, it's obvious they start at the end or near the end. Okay, right, and then yeah. go back. So it also I, stars multiple characters who are now adult actors. That you're like, wait a second, what do I know them from? That were child actors that you randomly saw and stuff. So I, I think. Right. Um, Harry Potter's mean cousin Dudley. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, Dudley's yeah. in it. I didn't know that. I was thinking. I was just the other day going, "What happened to Dudley after Harry?" Potter? He was in that that uh, Netflix movie with uh, Charlize Theron where they're immortals, and I can't remember. That and name. then there's there's oh. there's uh, <laughs> this little British kid that was in uh, Love Actually. Oh, oh yeah, Judge and Reed. Who's now, uh, yeah, that who's kid's, now a grown I, he's up been actor. A, I've seen him in a couple few things. Game um, of Thrones. It's cast yeah. well, and the acting is good throughout. Good. I intend to enjoy it. You know what else I've noticed? That searching for Bobby Fisher is up in the top stuff viewed on Netflix lately. It's con- it is contagious. I mean, and I, I also heard that there's this huge resurgence in interest in chess. Yeah, oh yeah. Of course, it's the same thing when that movie came out. Of course, you know. It's because she's a genius and they're talking about uh, the Sicilian and all these like random strategies. So it's just like anything else. Whenever you start realizing like the depth and the research that you can do, it definitely piques well, your interest. I mean, and, you know, nothing you can't about go chess. out and do anything because of COVID. Yeah. Well, I mean, like <laughs> growing up, it was like, oh, wait, I played chess with, you know, yeah. my cousins or, you know, my dad or whatever. Uh, you'd had no 
clue that there's any depth and strategy to the game. You're just like, I'm just going to move this piece here and then <laughs> see if they see if they miss it. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, oh, of course, people make strategies, you know, mm-hmm. of this time thing. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Garrick. Well, guys, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> so uh, I've been watching a horror show. Hmm. It's like, I don't, I'm not a typical horror type fella, but uh, this one picked my interest because I actually read the book it's based on. And it's the only Stephen King book I've ever mm, read. Mm, yes, from yep. cover to cover. I have, I have read it. Yes, it's uh, so. Uh, I think CBS All Access uh, has been has released the miniseries for The Stand, which, uh, if you know the story behind The Stand, may be timely or a little bit <laughs> on the nose, right? Maybe for uh, the current situation we're in, uh, but. Those for those who don't know uh, what the stands about, it's basically a almost world killing plague um, spreads throughout the entire world and kills like 99% of the population or something. So there's only like a few people who are immune to it. And there's two basic factions that the story revolves around. There's the mother Abigail faction, which live in Colorado, which are kind of like the good guys. And then there's the Las Vegas faction, which rally around Randall Flag, um, who they're they're kind of like evil, I guess. Randall Flag. Now, who is he in Suicide Squad? <laughs> Rick Flag. Well, he's um, yeah, so, he's so every the, bad guy that's the, ever uh, been in, in the, the, Stephen, King in the Stephen King universe. universe. Yeah, yeah. Randall Flag or RF appears. He's basically the bad guy in every Stephen King novel. Um, he just like. In some form or another, he's connected to all the baddies. Yeah, which is important. Let's not go down the dark tower rabbit hole. (laughs) It's hard not to, because I I get excited about that. I think he's the antagonist in the dark tower, like the the dark dark man or whatever. Yeah, or or at least... Just did it. (laughs) Well, there's actually... I will only say this one thing. There's a scene uh, that plays out in the Dark Tower where they're on a highway in fog and everyone's in these vehicles and they're dead. And you realize that they've kind of blipped into the stand universe. Oh, okay. So Matthew McConaughey played Randall Flagg. All right. All right. In the the movie, he did. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, the, the book, it's it. I will say for miniseries, it does have to depart from the book and it does depart. Quite a bit, maybe a little bit, but I still en- enjoyed it because it's got pretty good cast. It's got uh, um, Cyclops from the X Men, James Marston or John Marston. James- I can't remember whichever yeah. one's not the dude from Red Dead. James, <laughs> nice. James Mars 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 Mardson, Dolores is Marsden. It's got it's got Whoopi Goldberg. I know that's the Are most you kidding me? Part of it Whoopi me. actually acting again. Yes. It's got Greg Kinnear. Have you seen Greg Kinnear in anything? Not Lately. recently. Yeah. And the I think this is the most brilliant casting of all time. Randall Flag is played by Alexander Skarsgård. Oh, and Scars guards are creepy. Which one? And if Alexander? you're familiar with the It movies that oh, just came out, yep. his brother plays It. Yep. Which is brilliant, in my opinion. Brilliant. Wait, Alec, is neither. He's not Floki, is he? 
Is no, that, he's not that scar. That's another scars guard. Yeah, that's something else. Okay. He's he's Alexander. The guy who played it is Bill, I think. Yeah. Um, who plays Walter? Walter. Okay. There's uh, he's got Gustav. Gustav Bill. is Floki, I think. Walter. Yeah, Gustav is Floki. Uh, t- tell us why this is amazing in your opinion without talking about it's, Dark no, Tower. No, don't bait him and then just <laughs> try to act like you're still playing by the rules. I, I don't think I wouldn't call it amazing. It is uh I think it, the the acting is pretty amazing. great. The the story of course is is you know Stephen King-esque. So if, I don't know if you're familiar with Stephen King stuff, but don't get attached to any one character. Right. I'll just say that. <laughs> but it, it's it's a great like uh, mind, I guess. I don't want to say the F word. Bender, mind, <laughs> mind bender. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of really like disturbing scenes as as is with Stephen King, and uh, the guy who plays oh, what's who's Harold, who's like one of the kind of like this little dickish character. He's he does a really good job playing that character. Uh, everyone does a really good job. The the story is is okay but i i'm really enjoying it especially being a, a reader of the book i know it's getting terrible reviews and i don't understand why I, i'm really enjoying it well anything uh that's based on a book that is completely a departure or i don't say completely a departure but departs in any way those people are <laughs> immediately pissed off for uh, whatever reason. i get yeah i guess i had the advantage because i haven't read this book in probably about 12 years so it's <laughs> like oh yeah i remember that one part i read 12 years ago. So I, I can't compare it, do a scene by scene comparison of the book. Cause I really don't remember it that well. <clears throat> it's from what I vaguely remember. It seems pretty close. I've never seen the original miniseries. I'm sorry. The, the original mini duet or whatever the heck you people yelled at me about last week. I <laughs> have never read the book. So when I watch it, I'll be coming at it fresh as a daisy. Oh, a- Ezra Miller's in it. I forgot about that. Oh, Ezra Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miller. And J.K. Simmons. Oh, yeah, like yeah, J.K. Simmons. Yeah, pictures of Spider-Man. Brian Cranston. Yep. Briefly, he's the president, but then he he dies. He played the Heather. president in another movie. Yeah, Heather Graham's in it for. Oh, I'm in. Like half, like a tenth of an Roller episode. Roller girl. <laughs> I love Heather yeah. Graham. Ezra Miller's character. He plays Trash Can Man. I don't know if you've for those who read the book. Trash Can Man's kind of uh, different. <laughs> so I didn't know it was him until I looked it up. I'm like, oh my God, that's a flash. The flash. That's messed up. Heck yeah, man. Yeah, good stuff. Heck yeah. Stuff. I watched several episodes um, on the the uh, the the Netflix oh. of David Letterman's My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. Good. It is oh. it is it is a much better long form interview show. Seems like it seems like he's doing what he enjoys most about what he didn't have an opportunity to really enjoy when he was doing his talk show back on the old CBS and the NBCs. And uh the first one I watched was Kim Kardashian. Ugh. My wife was there with me and I thought it was an easy sell and I was right. Uh and it was good. It was a good interview. And he actually got uh, Kanye to laugh and smile for longer than half a second. Kanye Did he was, introduce him though? He was in the audience. She, the whole family, her whole like her sisters, her mom, and Kanye were all in the audience, and the camera kept shooting over to them. And but but, but, but did David he introduce? Letter, 
No, he says them. Yeah, no, he does. Okay, he, good. He totally introduces them. He just says that they didn't, oh! he says he didn't need to. What the hell? But I had a big moment in the show that will mean nothing to anybody. Again, if 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 friend of the show Brian were here, we could bask in this together. Um, I watched the Dave Chappelle one. I watched it. Yeah, so Young's Dairy, where they start off and they're you're at the driving range, and he mentions when they're when they're shooting, he's like right across the Christmas tree farms, place called Young's Dairy. Young's Dairy is just a couple miles from my grandma's house. And we used to go, like, when I used to go there as a kid, it was like a dairy farm. Like, I remember even taking, like, a preschool trip over there to see the animals and stuff like that. But they didn't have, like, mini golf and all these activities. Stuff. That place, they didn't have a restaurant. They just had a little ice cream thing. But that place has exploded. And you go there, and it's just swarmed with people. The parking lot's jammed during the summer. But it's this beautiful place. And I'm freaking out because no one... Young's Dairy has never been on TV to mine. I mean, this is like something that was just like nobody knows about Young's Dairy unless I drag them there, you know. But then, boom! Oh, Dave Chappelle. I always hear people say, "Oh yeah, Dave Chappelle lives in Dayton." Dave Chappelle lives in Dayton. No, he lives in Yellow Springs, right there. And I'm like, "Oh, this makes so much more sense." Because I'm like, "Why would you just live in Dayton?" Not that I have a problem with Dayton, but what is it about Dayton that draws them? Yellow Springs is very unique. So. I that episode in particular, I really enjoyed Dave talking about, you know, his mom lived in Washington. His dad lived in Yellow Springs where Antioch College is. See, Brian, Brian, the reason I said Brian might be interested, Brian and I went to Young's Dairy when we were down there getting furniture for our uh, apartment in college, Garrick. Yeah. We were down at my grandma's house getting stuff and furniture and and furnishings. And we went over there to Young's Dairy and we had had a good time. Uh, You get some ice cream? Hell Yeah. I actually yeah, have a Young's Dairy pint glass up in the cabinet upstairs. I, that's one of my favorite places on the planet. Uh, and yeah, it was just it was really cool to see that. And then yeah, like the cool thing about this Letterman show is that he cuts back and forth between doing an interview in front of an audience to hanging out with them and just doing stuff and talking casually. You know, it's like you get that kind of like that uh, the vibe that you get from Seinfeld's comedian in cars getting coffee show. Hmm mixed in with the interview in front of the audience like it it goes back and forth and it's really really enjoyable i like it a lot and that that Chappelle one was great they got in deep on some great topics and it was really just a beautiful episode especially dave talking about the history of yellow springs and how unique that town is uh and i was like oh man because i know i know all that or not all of it. actually there he's definitely said some stuff I didn't know, but like I'm familiar with all that. And it was just, it really hit hard, but there's another one with uh, Robert Downey Jr. That I watched is just it's, Iron Man. Yeah. Oh, my kid comes in while I'm halfway through it and got mad that I was watching anything with Iron Man that and hadn't told her so that she could have been there the whole time. It's I, it's just like listening to a podcast, long form conversation. It's not like it's super long form, like maybe 45 minutes, an episode or something, but Three minutes with somebody is it's nothing. It's uh you know promote your stuff, make a get it's tell a gag story and get out. This is like sincere conversation. And here's the thing that I love the most about it. And I'll shut up. David Letterman, who was such like an anxious dude, you know what I mean? In his show, if anybody watched it, I watched it religiously back in the day. Yeah, he threw pencils. Yeah, <laughs> and and cards. <laughs> but like, he does intense research on his guests like intense research he goes where they don't even expect him to go like it and and you you start to realize that david letterman actually has a sincere interest in people like sincere 
interest in people and he expresses it and it's really really cool and i'm gonna i'm just as long as he's cranking those out i'm gonna be eating up every single is one paul schaefer there no yeah. paul schaefer is not there laugh awkwardly at things the old paul schaefer laugh got any gum anybody got any gum oh norm mcdonald mike yes tee up that docket and drive it home gum. In preparation for oh, tonight's then. episode, Dumb I page. actually took a suggestion from Corey. Yes, you did. Oh, and watched oh, no. a biopic of the Three Stooges mm-hmm. uh, oh. from back in two thousand. Uh, starring the weirdest cast on the planet. Yeah, starring Paul Ben Victor as Mo, mm-hmm. Evan Handler as Larry Fine. You know, Ooh. do you know who that is? He is in. Um, uh, he's in Tombstone. I know that. <gasps> I like that movie. He's in Great Daredevil. In yep. He's in Daredevil, yeah. dude. Wait, which one? Um, in Daredevil, he is Jose. Uh, wait. Jose Canseco. Jose Canseco. Oh, in the yeah. Oakland A's. <laughs> Until yeah. he went to the Rangers, trader. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. It's a weird. You'll rec- You'll recognize him. He's kind of like a a, a yeah. He's a he's character a actor, actor that yeah. pops up all Every, over the yeah, place. Yeah, you'll recognize his face for sure. So, but then the 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 golden trophy of this trio is uh, Michael Chiklis as Curly as Curly. This this <laughs> so is like commish. this is right before yeah. This is when he's coming off the commish before right. he, like he's like the shield and everybody's like so, oh, right. Michael Chiklis so, is a badass. And I'm like wait the commish. He was also the thing right. There was episodes yep. of the commish mm. where they were like he was crying to his wife about being too short and fat. To do stuff, and now he's an action star. What happened? <laughs> yeah. In yeah, Daredevil, real. he played Jose Quesada, yes, which is a made-up character based on Joe Quesada, yeah, who did one of the best runs of Daredevil ever, ever, in in all of Daredevil. There you go. There's your pork. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um. Anyway, it's it's a great movie if you're if you have any interest in the Three Stooges and you want like the. You want the like hour and a half version, <laughs> yeah. Without doing a lot of reading, I mean, it's, it's a biopic, right? And so yeah. it, it, the movie picks up. Um, it, it's Mo kind of in his low point of his career. He's kind of late fifties. He's kind of a gopher mm-hmm. <laughs> at the Columbia lot, and um, uh, still still has his wife thinking he's going there to do real work, and he's actually running <laughs> around getting lunch and stuff for guys and stuff. And and uh, it's not a it's not it's not an it, it's not going to make you happy. No, not I, a happy movie. Well, but there's it's got high points. It it does, and the end is is actually cool. The the end, mm-hmm. well, and I don't want to get too much into it because we want to talk about this here in a minute. But um, but yeah, so it's it it picks up there, and then basically he walks on the lot one day, and um, here's a bunch of guys laughing in one of the screening rooms, and just kind of meanders in and uh, sits down next to a guy, and just these guys are just laughing their asses off watching old Stooge clips. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just kind of getting a kick out of it, whatever. And then the young guy sitting next to him, who, by the way, one Joel Edgerton. Do you guys know? Mm-hmm. Remember that name mm-hmm. from somewhere? This is our Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, uh, crossover. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played uh, <laughs> Owen Lars in uh, Attack of the Clones. Oh, Very yeah. young Joel Edgerton. Um, is sitting there and he's that. looking over at Mo and he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting next to freaking Mo Howard. Yep. And so he comes chasing after him. And, uh, you know, hey, you know, you guys, you know, we, you know, we've been running numbers and we're going to, you know, we want to do a new thing and blah, blah, blah. And he's re- very resistant. And 
basically it sets up him kind of telling his story, you know, yeah. the story. Yeah. And uh, basically goes uh, from when they started in vaudeville in the 20s all the way up to, uh, well, the, the movie kind of ends with the resurgence of their career in the 50s. Yeah. Where this guy kind of picks them up and, and uh, you know, just shows how in the early days they were kind of second fiddle to Ted Healy. Yeah. And, um Never uh, again. I don't want to get into too much because a lot of this is just kind of infuriating. How basically it's infuriating how underappreciated they were. Yeah, at Columbia. Yeah, and um, just like everybody else, like everybody who worked for Hal Roach. I yes, was to every right. watch Stan and Laurel. Yes, right. For right. the same reasons, yeah. like comedic actors were treated like shite. shit, and they had no ideas how popular they were. Yeah, These guys none were of always them, kept they, in the dark. You didn't have the internet to tell you right away. Right. So right. it's like Different. all they had was the trades. And as far as they knew, nobody outside of where they were was reading the trades. Right. And so, yeah, if the studio stopped paying you, it must mean you're not profitable anymore. Right. Well, that's not right. necessarily true. And uh, so, the yeah. Crypt so Keeper played Shimp. Who? The Crypt Keeper. The Crypt Keeper. The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> from Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> nice. Jeez, <laughs> that's, that's a reacher. So, I mean, the happy ending, though, I mean, because, yeah, there's a lot of tragedy in here, but the, yeah. the happy ending is that they do have this resurgence and they end up, even though they're, they were underappreciated during their filming years, they actually became one of the highest grossing touring acts mm-hmm. in the country for a long time. Yep. And uh, so there is, there's kind of a happy ending at the, at the, yeah. the tail end of this. So, yeah. Um, great pick. Again, highly recommended. Um, it's kind of it's. I, I, I don't want to say it's low budget. That's probably it doesn't too feel hard. like anybody was trying to make a high quality thing. No. Somebody just wanted to tell a story and yep. for like a cable network. And or they something. did it, and it was it's a good movie. It was well acted. It was well written. Do not, if you go to watch this, confuse it for the Farrelly Brothers. Three no, 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 movie. not that's, that's not it. A completely different. <laughs> that is movie. A different. Completely different. Yeah. Horrible. Two thousand, not twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah. Two thousand. That's <laughs> that's an attempted reboot. Oh my <laughs> word. Uh, Anyway, so, yeah, yep. I think it's time for some news. Do it. Oh, we're doing news. Well, boys. Boys. What you got for me? Lay it on me. <laughs> put it out on the table. Spread them around. Like just put my face in it. Frazier Holy reboot. Almost a done deal, says Kelsey. Not Brammer. a reboot. It's Well, it's a pick. Well, they call it a reboot. Oh, well, I mean, it's going to be a continuance. Yes, it's going to be a continuation. So, yes, Kelsey Grammer says this is almost a done deal. It's not. So I'm assuming at this point, Frederick has Alzheimer's. I mean, yeah, I <laughs> but I, I, it sounds like maybe they're still trying to get a couple cast members under on board with this. Is David Hyde Pierce going to be involved? Because uh, if not, well, they're why going, would I show right. up? They're going after it. They're going after all of them. Good. So. Except well, I know one they're not going one after. That, Actually, yeah. two because the dog's dead as well. Oh well. Oh. Then there's that. So yeah. So Although they got more dogs. Like oh, this is the first I've heard of this, so I just thought this was an interesting thing. And I, yeah. I'm trying. I mean, I guess we're in that age right now. I mean, it was such a popular show, ran eleven seasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and for a spinoff. Yeah. Yeah, no I was kidding. gonna say for a spinoff, and I mean the you fact that Kelsey Grammer played this character for I think it won years? more yeah. Emmys than. The original show, it was spun off. Yeah, from. the Cheers. Yeah. yeah. I I 
didn't like Frasier when it was airing. And then right around the time it started finishing, I started watching it. I started really getting into it, but yeah. there was so much. And back then I was still just watching it in syndication, not sure. like owning the DVDs. And I'm like, right. I kept getting lost. And I'm like, I give up. There's too yeah, much. Right, right. Would you um, say it was tossing your salad and scrambling your eggs? <laughs> yeah. Nope. No, I would never Toss say that. salad and scrambled eggs. I hate that theme song so much. <laughs> I you know that's Kelsey Grammer singing that, right? I well, should may stop. have known that at some <laughs> you point. should really stop. I've heard Kelsey Grammer singing a lot of I stuff. Think they, uh, singing in the, I the think Anastasia. they wanted someone else to sing that theme song initially, but then for some reason he convinced them to let him sing it, and that's, yeah, that's him singing them. I, uh, one thing I will say that I, I, I just heard about this yesterday, but it was weird because I never think of Frasier. That show never pops into my mind. Sure, right? right. But two days ago, I yelled at my dog. Okay. And I said, I said, damn it, Penny, quit Frasiering me. <laughs> I have a Jack Russell. Looks a lot like Milo from Frasier. Yeah. And right in the first couple episodes, Frasier hates it because the dog just stares at it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't, I've, I've had other dogs that, and this is the only dog, this Jack Russell that I own is the only dog that I know that would do. She will sit and stare at you. <laughs> for an hour like three feet five feet away from you perfectly upright as if she's waiting for you to fall over dead so she can eat you <laughs> she just stares and it is it's something she's only started doing in the last six months or so and it's the most unnerving thing you're like watching tv <laughs> and there's these eyes just burrowing into your face yeah. from across the room and i was like i totally understand that gag now on a very personal <laughs> level so anyway yeah what else no. you got uh, that's all I had for news. That's all you got for news. Yep. It's already time for Parking Bot. I don't know if y'all know this, but I know Mike mentioned a minute ago about the Ted Healy dude that the Stooges worked for originally in the oh, whole yeah. vaudeville acting mm-hmm. things. I remember. You know how that dude passed away? Uh-uh. <laughs> Under suspicious circumstances. Probably a stroke. <laughs> he got beat to death by a buddy of Lucky Luciano. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky Luciano. <laughs> yeah, his, uh, his life was kind of tragic too, man. Yeah. Oh. Was there a movie about him? No, but... There, was... I feel like there ought to be. Yeah. I mean, anybody who gets beat to death by a capo from Lucky Luciano <laughs> or a, a, an associate of Lucky Luciano, I feel like, deserves a good talking to. But speaking about good talking. Shady business. girl? Is that what he was doing? Shady business. All right. 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 So, okay. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. So, yeah. okay. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. I always thought that, and, and don't, don't comment on this. I always thought that Shemp came first. Okay. Mm. You're, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm right and wrong yes. simultaneously. simultaneously. A lot of comment, yeah. but I, I am told me not to. I am right and wrong simultaneously because Shemp came first in the vaudeville act yes Mm -hmm. and then did pictures too though oh did he yeah i thought curly took over in the vaudeville act and curly was the first one in the pictures curly was the first one in the shorts okay because they had done a couple movies with uh with healy okay Mm -hmm. so shemp is actually in actually there's a handful of movies yeah so yes so yes he was part of the original act did some movies with healy 
Um, then Shemp left to go solo. Right. And then... Uh, How'd that work out? Uh, actually, he was making a living at it, man. Mm-hmm. He did oh, it for nice. a long time until uh, Curly had the stroke. Yeah, Curly had the stroke, and Shemp just said... You know, as a you know, it's like a, it's almost the family business. Yeah, Shemp came back. And Shemp, yeah, her. I mean, <laughs> Shemp, Shemp, is, Shemp is kind of the, the underappreciated hero in all this because <sighs> I didn't like Shemp when I was a kid because I love Curly, but now when I watch, I Shemp, love Shemp. I'm like he's kind love of him. ridiculously brilliant. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, no, he had a full on career going, and then you're right when when Curly had the stroke. Um, you know, Mo went to him and, and, but actually the agreement was, and I think they got this in writing. Hey, I'm going to do this for a year until Curly recovers. And then I'm back doing solo. Cause I'm happy doing that. Yeah. And, uh, of course he never recovered. So he ended up doing it for 10 years yep. <laughs> <A> decade <laughs> or so. And, um, but yeah. And the funny thing was too, with him, I think at first the, the tendency from the studio was for him to copy Curly. Yeah. And his, his, form but mo kind of went to bat for him and said no can't we can't do that he's not curly he's not and he's got his own chops he's Mm -hmm. been honing this his act for 20 years yeah you know we can't yeah suddenly make him into something else so i you know that's one of the great i I think that's why shemp works and why you can go back and look at him now and watch those got that greasy lanky hair that yeah it just falls right in his face (laughs) that's the best comedy right he's nervous as hell everything is manic he is nervous in real life too that's yeah super nervous he wet the bed that's right like he had like anxiety attacks all the time but his character was just like an amplification of his weak spots right And, and, and brilliantly so brilliant yes very, so the three stooges, so. for those of you who aren't, no, F you. I'm not going to explain what the three stooges are. <laughs> you know what the three stooges are. Right. Well, I hope so. What if they don't? The three stooges, Mo, Horowitz, Shem Howard. I don't remember what Shem's actual name was. Um, it is. Howard. Horowitz. <laughs> yeah. Horowitz. Oh, hold on. And we need to know Curly's real name, too. Mo Howard. Uh, his Howard. is Jerome. Howard. Jerry. Howard. It's Jerry. Uh, Jerry Horowitz. Horowitz is, is, is curly. curly. Yep. Yeah. Moses and uh, Howard, and then um, Horowitz. Horowitz. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and what um, was Shem's name? Yeah. I, why can't I think of it? Um, it's it's very obvious. Um, but Larry, uh, like Shepard, Shem, 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 Sherman, uh, Sam. It's Sam Horowitz. Sam Horowitz. Yes. So. All right, we need stage names. I'm I'm Sam Horowitz, so I'm going to be Shemp Howard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Moses to Mo, like I, Moses Horowitz. Yeah. That is about as Jewish a name you're going to get in a time <laughs> where having a Jewish name was not going to be popular right, right. in comedy, despite the fact that 90% of the people in comedy were Jewish at the time. <laughs> and in a large part, that, that's lasted pretty strongly up until recent years, if not still. But um. The, the, yeah, that, that's about as, I think, Mo Howard, but the Shemp, I don't get how you go from Sam to Shemp. That doesn't make, <laughs> yeah, Curly, that's good. Jerry was his name? Jerome. Jerome. Jerome yeah. is his proper name, but they called him Jerry. Actually, they called him Babe. His, his yeah, Babe. Nickname yeah. was Babe, so. Yep. Um, but they, <laughs> well, could, well, he they, was the baby. He looked, right. He, he was like the baby in the family. Oh. Right. Yeah. No, no. He, he was, was called Shemp because Sam came out that way in his mother's thick lit back accent. Oh, oh, there you oh, go. Oh, that's cool. All Interesting. right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then of course Larry Fine joined them when they were working with Ted Healy. Yes. 
Yeah. Originally with Ted, it was uh, it was Mo at first, and then Shemp came on, and then they basically ran into Larry Fine at one of their performances. He was one of the other acts, and they and I liked said, "Hey, him. he's about your height and body type." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he has a completely different hairstyle, so perfect. <laughs> so the, the yeah, the early days, the vaudeville days. I mean, so basically, you've got Ted Healy, and he is. Uh, sort of the pseudo straight man basically yeah yeah and the, the show runner. so he's trying to you know sing and dance and do these things yeah. and then the stooges are running around just causing havoc all now around. the thing about that is that a lot of vaudeville acts were set up with a structure and you had stooges a stooge act right where you had people come out and just be silly as a break from the like mixing mm-hmm. up the different types of acts so they were his stooge act right and the three stooges name comes from them just being his yes. three stooges and right. the stooge plus there are three of them yeah, that helped. Three. It really made the three make more sense. Yeah, really. <laughs> that part, that. yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is like mid early to mid twenties where this is happening, and um, uh, the act takes off, becomes pretty successful, yeah. and they start getting attention from um, Hollywood. Like I said, they're kind of uh, their first picture together was a picture called Soup to Nuts. Mm-hmm. I've seen that movie. It's not very good. <laughs> um, the best part definitely is but the that, Stooges. That's and actually, the phrase if you, go back, you like to use a lot, though. <laughs> it's soup to nuts. <laughs> yeah, I use that all the time. Um, so, yeah, the, the movie, not very it. good. But um, the if you even go back and read old critic reviews of that movie, yeah. uh, they all talk about the Stooges. And they basically stole the movie. Yeah. So, um, and I think at some point it was kind of the writing on the wall. Actually, I think, it, well, and the way it was portrayed in the biopic was, you know, shortly after that, that's when the studio started coming to the Stooges, coming to Mo, and, you know, hey, you know, we want to sign you guys, you know, to a deal. Um, but not with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and there was some friction and, and they didn't, they didn't jump ship right away because actually there's a lot of friction with Healy because he was actually threatening a lot of legal action mm. and it got to a point where, um, they had broken off and started doing their own perf- like stage performances, mm-hmm. uh, touring around the country, and he would make like threats, like he was going to bomb the theaters and so. I mean, it was crazy. It got really ugly uh, for a little bit. Had to get creative and, back then uh, to get the business edge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but they were able to establish themselves as as individual performers. And uh, now by this time, again, um, Shemp had gone off and done his solo act and Curly was on board. So Mm -hmm. it was those, it was, you know, the classic lineup. And then, uh, then the early thirties, that's when Columbia signed them on and um, they started doing their shorts. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's kind of the, I mean, obviously during these years, there was, I think it was what, 34, 34 through 46 was basically the Curly years. Right. So, and in that time, I think they did 190 shorts during that time. That's the thing. There's so much. 190. Yeah. So no, much. Well, there's 190 total. That's with all, with Shemp and, right, and right. the other Joe. That's a lot of content, yeah. even though they're only like a few minutes long. Right, right. So. Dude, man, they're like 20 minutes long. Yeah. Are they 20? Yeah, the, yeah, the about single 20, reels? Single yeah, reels. about 20. 20 yeah, they're like, like a full single to, reel. Okay. 13 yeah. to 20. Yeah. In that, yeah, in that range. And, uh, yeah, they, you know, they got signed on and, and, and then this is where kind of what we were kind of alluding to before when we were talking about the biopic, um, where the, the studio heads kind of, they, they got the ear of a specific guy and I can't remember his name, uh, at, at the studio. And basically he was like, he loved them because Mm -hmm. 
they started producing these shorts and they got real popular. They got so popular that this guy used a tactic um, that the movie theaters around the country wanted their shorts so bad that the studio exec said, okay, you can have the Three Stooges, but you got to run our shitty B-movies yeah. that nobody wants. <laughs> yep, that's great. <laughs> so, I mean, so he was, I mean, they produced so much popularity and money for them um, that they could use tactic, like strong arm tactics like that. Yeah. But like all the Disney while. does now. Yes, or like exactly like Disney, recently. yes, is is doing. Um, I, I had I read an anecdote, anecdote uh, I think it was from like Moe's daughter or yeah. some relation that they were on a train pulling into a station. There's just like a huge crowd of people and they're like, wow, there must be somebody really famous on this train. <laughs> <laughs> and then they come out and people start going nuts. Yeah. They realize, Oh, this is for us. Yeah. This is messed <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. And yeah. They had and no idea they were that popular. Yeah. That's the, the thing. These guys basically just live. Studios didn't want you to know. They you had were that no idea because that they then had that you'd kind of want money. It was so, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's all still crooked to some degree. Right. But it was crooked as hell back then. So really throughout all that time, um, when they were, you know, with the studio, they they had no idea how popular they were. Um, they just had regular salaries. They mm-hmm. didn't make a lot of money. Nope. Um, mm-hmm. I, while the studio is making millions on them. Just yeah. millions. And um, they, you know, are, are kind of kept under wraps. And then, um, it's not till, well, you know, in the biopic, you know, I told you, you know, they started, you know, one of the younger guys at the studio started approaching them and saying, Hey, we want to put the act together. We want to get you guys back out there. And actually yeah. it's one of the more heartwarming scenes in the movie is, um, basically they're on the train. They've booked them at their first gig. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one of the wives, Mo's wife, you know, finds this young guy that's put all this together in the cart up front, you know, in the car up front, mm-hmm. you know, and he's just kind of chomping at the bit. And he's like, he's like, to be honest with you, we don't, we just started running these shorts on TV. We don't know if anybody's even going to show up at this. Yeah. And she's like freaked out. Cause she's like, you don't know how important this is to these guys. Yeah. You know, and especially Mo, cause mm-hmm. Mo is the heart and the soul, um, you know, keeping the yeah. act together for as long as it did. And, uh, um, so they're, you know, it's kind of a nail biter till they get to the theater mm-hmm. and they're, they're backstage. And then they're like, there's a lot of crowd noise. They're like, what the heck? And they peek out there and the place is just slam packed. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it was that again, that was kind of the heartwarming, you know, scene where they're mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, we're good. We're yeah. good. And that was kind of the beginning of their resurgence in the sixties. So, um, it's so funny. I, I know I said it already, but the parallels with how Laurel and Hardy, how yeah. they were treated right is so now Stan Laurel was really smart and Stan Laurel actually knew how popular they were yeah. and was trying to hold how Roach to the fire. Sure. But babe was a complete babe Hardy. Right. <laughs> was a complete like he would he would just just go yeah, to pieces. Right. Just just whatever you say. Yeah, that's great. That's fine. Right. Whatever. Right. And but, you know, they still went through the same thing. And then they had the resurgence with touring like England because they're they're being shown on TV in the 50s. And right. England's like, oh, my gosh, get these guys over here. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's just amazing that all these people who are like they were the like next to the biggest film stars for yeah. a decade. Right. That everyone loved because they made them laugh. Yeah. They were huge. Like they. They were, I mean, they were just as big as Jimmy Stewart, more or less, yeah. in the average person's eyes. Right. And 
never got a taste of that level of didn't didn't have any consciousness of the of their level of popularity to the point where they end up like doing live shows to try yeah. to basically set their their progeny up with with a legacy right you know right yeah and actually that's yeah one of the things that i think most said in his uh, autobiography was that they are they always even in the early days made more money on the road than they did through the studio system that's and, and that's producing just the movies ridiculous. and the monies yeah it's offensive it, it is kind of offensive yeah yeah <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty sad yeah um but um yeah so you have the curly year well shemp starts curly comes they have you know the the the, the big years from 34 to 46 um curly actually has a stroke on set on set mm-hmm. and uh curly liked to imbibe yeah <laughs> they said there toward the end you know um his his acting i mean his his weight really ballooned up his yep. blood pressure was out of control yep he um he was always kind of depressed because well he was always kind of a quiet guy he couldn't find like he was unlucky in love too right yeah like, real three wives yeah, yeah three wives the third wife was actually they a lot of people speculate that's why he had the stroke because the third wife wanted to divorce him and he oh, just, it was he just, just too much for him too much for him and and it just and and his coping mechanism was drinking and yep. booze and and you know and and all that stuff and it just he could never get get it under control and and part of it too was kind of self image I, I guess he I I didn't realize this but I, I, people always think of him as having the shaved head you know yeah. or the bald head and actually he had mustache and flowing red hair and all that stuff mm-hmm. and and uh, you know as part of the act he had to shave it and he just. You just always feel, ah, I don't even, you know, I look stupid, you know, yeah. women and, and things like that. So that all that stuff kind of depressed him. Yeah, he was very, very, very women said he was he was like a hopeless romantic. Right. He 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 was obsessed. I don't want to say obsessed with women like he was like a crazy psycho, but he like he would go all in. I mean, yeah. he just lavished them. Yeah. Yeah. He worshipped whoever he was with. Right. And, and so, yeah, for him, that right. was a really having to be the bald mm-hmm. looking weirdo. Right. Was really tr- tricky for him. Yeah. You know, and they don't have like the luxury, like you know, uh, uh, Groucho Marx. They they love to talk about the Marx Brothers. Love to talk about when they would go out to a restaurant and know it and would have any idea who they are. Yeah, like some yeah, of the most right. famous people yeah. in America, right. but without the shoe polish on the face mm-hmm. and the ridiculous, yeah. you know, fake eyebrows and right. and you know the the wig on Harpo and like. Basically, they would they would go out and they'd you know they'd have to wait for a table yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that. But they but they appreciated their anonymity quite because just what those little pieces of what they did made them invisible. Curly, you recognize them on the second yeah, anywhere you right, see them, you're going to know right, exactly right. who it is. Yeah, and actually that was one of the scenes in the in the biopic that they showed. It would, there was a scene where. He comes to the hotel. He's been out all night drinking and partying, and Mo's been up worried, sick about him, and he. He's checking into the hotel and and there's some GIs uh, sitting out there with some girls and they recognize him, of course, and mm-hmm. they go up and he's, you know, he's he's feeling festive. You know, he's just yeah. gotten done drinking and stuff and they go up there and, you know, they start slapping him and poking him in the eyes yeah. and doing all the, the goofy stuff. And, you know, he just he just feels embarrassed, you yeah. know, super embarrassed. He's like, you know, here's me. I just, you know, I want to revel in my celebrity and instead I'm getting humiliated. Yeah, you just you think know? I'm some sort of. Yeah, like, I'm your toy. Like you know? an actual stooge. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah they can just slap around and, you know, mm-hmm. do crazy, you know, crazy stuff too. So um yeah. So yeah, his his life was was kind of sad and then tragically cut short, you know, after the stroke. Um he lived for a while after that, but um what was it, it was fifty nineteen fifty five. Because mm-hmm. actually 
Curly and Shemp both died that year. I didn't realize they died in the same year. Yeah. So, um, or no, no, I'm sorry, three years apart. It was three years three apart. Years. Okay. Because I think Curly died in 52, and then it was Shemp died in 55. Okay. So wow. um, That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, so that hit Mo, of course, real hard. You right. know, loses two brothers that close together. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so, but before we get there, the Shemp, Shemp, Shemp's run was basically from 46 to 55. Okay. Um, even though he died earlier, yeah. that's, this is where we get into fake Shemp yeah. territory. <laughs> <laughs> fake Shemp. So what that is and what people are referring to that is they had they were under contract. Mm-hmm. So Shemp has a stroke. He dies. and um, But they still have to finish these three or four, maybe even up to six. I, think, I mean, there were some of them that were like... Only half produced, yeah. but they had to get them done. Yeah, so they they had to hire a, a guy and uh, who came in and put on a shemp wig, <laughs> basically, and he was in these scenes and uh, they tried not to give him lines and things like that. So, mm-hmm. but if you see those episodes, it's always from the side or from the back, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a really really bad wig, and you can <laughs> so tell it is just it's goofy. Um, but yeah, so. Um, then after Shemp dies, then they then, yeah. do a little then. soul searching. And, and yeah, that's where kind of the the downside comes. And, Curly and, Joe. Yeah. So poor Curly so, Joe. What a he what what a weight to carry. It's like, all right, you Well, before Curly Joe, yeah. there was a short stint with a guy named Joe Besser. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Joe Besser was from 56 to 58. So oh, they were still, they were, I, he did. I can't well, it's really remember. only like five or six, ep- maybe four episodes. Yeah. I thought there was up to 11, but with there was Joe just Besser? a couple. Yeah. With oh, Joe Besser. Not that many. I don't think it, it was, it was not nearly as much with right. the other, at the other two. Right. So that's the end of their shorts. Now, Curly Joe comes when they start touring. Yeah. And, um, and he was just a guy that had auditioned to be the replacement, and yeah. uh, they liked him enough to to act, you know, have him come be part of the live performance. Mm-hmm. And actually, Joe Besser, I'm sorry, not Joe Besser, Curly Joe Dorita, yeah, is actually the one. Um, if you've ever seen any of the Three Stooges movies that were yep. done in the the 50s and 60s, yep. he's in all of those. Curly yep. Joe is the one in in those movies, like. You know, three stooges go to Mars. And- it's hard to watch <laughs> yeah. because he's just trying to channel Curly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was a champ. I mean, it was no, good for yeah. Him I'm for- not. It's not his fault, right? Right. Yeah, it's, <laughs> he, but it just wasn't the same. Yeah, it just yeah. wasn't the same. He, he was like too timid to be Curly. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't like Curly wasn't like that. He was a little more you know. feisty. Um, yeah, yeah. He actually. Uh, Cause like Curly would hit Mo back and things oh, like yeah. that, but yeah, <laughs> no Curly, Curly Joe would basically say a line, and while saying the line, he would try to channel Curly as best he could. Yeah, but he wasn't on all the time. Curly yeah. was on. <laughs> on. If the camera was rolling, he was on. There was nothing yeah. he wasn't completely. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent in on. Like he never dropped character. Curly Joe's just popping in and out yes, of character. Right. You know. I'll say it like Curly now, yeah. you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but he never has that. Like the, even just like the physical awkward body control that sure. Curly had. Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah. As, <laughs> as big as he was, he was very athletic. He kind of reminds Curly, the original, you know, uh, babe, Chris uh, Farley. Yeah. He's definitely Chris Farley mm-hmm. all the way. Yeah. Bigger that kind dude, of body control. Very athletic. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of body control. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was different. So but Joe Dorita again served his purpose. He he did the movies and and he was part of the live act that was the resurgence that mm-hmm. you know actually helped make them their fortunes. You know toward the latter parts of their life. So um and what what was it? They actually um at the three Stooges actually officially ended in 1970 because I think um they were actually negotiating for a new TV series. When um, Larry actually had a stroke, yeah, and that put him out of commission, and he died a couple years later. So. Imagine that, nineteen seventies, color mm, TV, yeah, right, yeah, 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 Three Stooges, the yeah. decade of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was thinking about that, man. We're literally talking. I mean, these guys started in the twenties and Brady nineteen seventy. I mean, we're talking how many decades, man? That's amazing. Twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties. And uh, yeah, almost into the 70s. So, yeah. And they looked 50 years old at the start of their careers. <laughs> <laughs> they really did. Especially Mo and Larry. Everybody looked old back then. Yeah, it was it was the 20s. It did it to everybody. But those classic <laughs> shorts, man, those are... Like, I remember are... when before we had cable when I was a kid, and I've said, I've mentioned many times how I was an insomniac when I was like, mm-hmm. you know maybe like eight to 13, 14. And we didn't have cable. So it was like, whatever's on the four or five channels we had in Chicago, right. you know, and there was one channel that didn't come in that well. I don't know, remember what it was. I don't even, honestly, I've thought about this. I don't remember the, having commercials. Maybe it was a bootleg channel that someone's just <laughs> running without, a, without a license, but sure. like, I swear like hours every night of, yeah, of Stooges like and night, it barely yeah. came in it was fuzzy yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff but that's a lot of times what I would watch I would just turn on the Stooges and just I remember our local channels were that way like when it got to the like after hours yeah and TV all stations all, all decided to run programming through that I mean in the old old days I, I, if you stayed up late enough the channels would sign off oh yeah <laughs> I remember the first time I saw that I'd seen it in movies yeah but I didn't know it was a real thing <laughs> was- until the first time I saw it and I went oh no I've watched too many infomercials and I have school in a couple hours I've seen all the TV <laughs> yeah, I know. I've reached the TV's end of done. television <laughs> but yes once they started running all and night I have to then, stand yeah, to put my hand the, over my heart it was always the three stooges clips all night long <laughs> I have to I have to it's, it's, it's the law if I don't stand up and put my hand over my heart, the police are going to come and take me away. <laughs> but yeah, I got exposed to the the Stooges very young because my my mom and her family were just huge fans. Actually, my uncle Jim is probably is the closest that I know to a connoisseur of all things Stooges. I really? Mean, he just, <laughs> wow. He's read all the biographies and and seen all the documentaries and watched all the interviews, and he just. He knows them inside and out dates, you know, when they all died, what, you know, mm. who they were all married to. He knows all that he stuff. He would so. kill at uh, Trivial Pursuit Three yeah, Stooges edition. He totally would. He would <laughs> yeah. kill everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, man. I remember waking up early and they had the three. If I woke up early enough, I could watch maybe a half an episode of Three Stooges and then the monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here that, we come. Is <laughs> that a. That was like the, I guess, uh, kind of my origin of understanding comedy in some small way, I think. This is the first thing I ever laughed out loud watching on TV. Yeah, I think you're that. right. That's probably... Because yeah, I'd watch cartoons. Up to that point, you know, your parents are really concerned because you're just staring at the TV. With- <laughs> like Bugs Bunny and those cartoons are fine, but they weren't funny, funny. 
but three stooges that the, the just a slapstick i think yeah. he's a right. little kid you know i, that's I like agree cracked a little kid i mean do you remember i mean seriously when you would see in a movie when we were young like kids watching bugs bunny and tom and jerry and laughing and cackling right. i remember thinking what yeah, I'm like, this is okay. Like, but I watch that stuff all the but time, but I'm funny. not cackling. That's dumb. But when I would watch Laurel and Hardy and Three Stooges and later on Abbott and Costello, because I was actually evolving with the time at the exact same rate 30, 40 years later, <laughs> apparently, um, I was dying laughing, like uncontrollable laughter. <laughs> it was it was a different thing. And, and at the time, kids comedy wasn't smart. No, it's right. never has been. <laughs> it's it's skirted the edge a few times yeah i don't know most comedians though too if you um if you ask them who their influences are i mean the three stooges are always in the mix always Mm -hmm. and um because at the time i mean they really created the genre of that physical comedy i mean not that there wasn't physical comedy because the marx brothers had some of it lauren hardy had some of it but these guys just, especially with the sound effects, the sound effects really took it to a different level. Yeah. Where even though it was live action, it felt like a cartoon. Yeah. You know? And, and it had the pace, the frenetic pace yeah, the of a pa- cartoon. The pace. Well, and that's all the vaudeville stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, the pacing is all vaudeville. Exactly. And uh, that's the thing. Laurel and Hardy were not vaudeville. No. Yeah, right. No. Right. Now, the Marx Brothers were the combination vaudeville. They were the antics plus the repartee. Right. Yeah. The Three Stooges were just the antics. Yes. Yeah. All antics all the time. Very little repartee. Just enough. Just enough enough, um, dialogue to get by. Yeah. And, you know, okay, there's there's a story in there somewhere. Right. You know. Um, But, yeah, Marx Brothers were a lot more cerebral, in my opinion. I mean, there's a lot more. If you listen to Groucho especially, man, he's got so many... Just, I mean, just all his remarks and everything. Anyway, Marx Brothers are a whole different podcast, but, yeah. Um, but yeah. So the Stooges, I mean, they really, they really did kind of create that genre, and they're mm-hmm. very influential on a lot of comedians, even up to today. Oh yeah, uh, comedians, movies, television, yeah, everything. Right. Like, I guess kids going back looking at it now will kind of think they're cliche because they've seen the influences and in everything. Sure. They've watched. Right. Yeah. The, and the, in a lot of ways, the evolutions. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's it's like the the paterfamilias right there. <laughs> it's bona fide. Bona fide. <laughs> I gotta admit, I haven't exposed. I mean, I've, my kids have watched it and they enjoy them. I've, my um, kids only seen a very little. Maybe. Yeah, I, not enough. I, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say I need to expose them a little bit more and uh, hopefully hook them too. But um, yeah, I, the Stooges hold a very special place in my heart. I uh, watched up. so many Stooges. The shorts that I couldn't tell you what my favorite one is because <laughs> it all blends together for me. It's it's like one continuous long mix. Sure. I don't I don't remember now if I go and I watch them. I'm like oh, I remember this one. Oh, I remember that. Oh yeah, he's gonna do. Yeah, I remember this. Oh, I remember this bit. Oh, that's great. But then I come away and you're like, what's your favorite Stooges bit? I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing because it's to me it's it's not about what the short is and what the plot is and what the gags are. It's just watching the Stooges. I'll tell you what one of my favorite shorts oh, yeah? is is uh you Nazi spy. Nazi yes. spy. Oh yeah. That actually which, Go ahead. Yeah, I'm made sorry. history. Right? Yeah. I'm right. sure that's what you're gonna say. Came out in nineteen forty, right? Yep. So the three stooges are all Jewish men and <laughs> Jewish men. <laughs> yeah. <And they're, laughs> so basically the, the plot is it's kind of an allegory for uh what's happening in, in Nazi Germany. In the 40s, which is just right before, you know, U.S. 
uh, got involved after Pearl Harbor was bombed. This is before that. There was a, I can't remember what the, uh, there's an act or a, a law or something saying you couldn't, uh, you know, lampoon, mm-hmm. you know, figures in, in movies. Right. So they skirted the edges by making up this fake country called Moronica. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> where 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 they, they then lampooned, you know, Moronica is for morons, which is a, almost a direct uh allegory to Deutschland is for the Deutscher, you know, Germany's for the, the Germans, which was the uh, one of the Nazi taglines. <laughs> so you got Mo who's lampooning <laughs> Hitler. Hitler. <laughs> and this, this is the first time it's, and this is where the history comes. This is the first time any uh, actor in, in a movie has ever lampooned Hitler. So Charlie it's, Chaplin hasn't even, has, this he, has is, he done the great dictator yet? Just as like, he's filming it as this released. Oh, so man. they beat him to the premiere just barely. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, the episode is great. Cause you know, there are three Jewish gentlemen and he's, he's doing this, really terrible Hitler uh, impression. Like he's doing, he has all the arm movements uh, down, but he's just like speaking. If you have not seen this German. episode, you have to. Yes. And I, and I read up on it. I guess he's, he snuck in some Yiddish in there. That, like, <laughs> that, that I guess is like, <laughs> the, the translation, I guess is pretty funny. I can't, I can't remember what it is, but it, it, it's, it's pretty silly. And then you got, says, uh, when I clean my room, curly. I go to play. Curly you got Curly who's yeah, basically, Basically like the a general, like a one of his main generals, maybe like a uh, a Goring or something like that. He's just covered in medals from front to back. On <laughs> he's got his medals on, his on it. He's got a he's big, got a metal big old medal on his butt. <laughs> it's great, <laughs> and, and it's and it's wonderful because I I don't know if this was intentional, but the, you know the Stooges aren't they're the actors aren't very tall. They're maybe like five, 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 six, something like that. I don't, but I, I think they intentionally, five, five. they intentionally cast this, this episode where everyone is just towering over them. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, not only these, like, <laughs> they're not only these like Hitler allegories, but they're these small men that are just like dwarfed by greater people. And it, it, it just like that, image is so wonderful well i swear every time there was a love interest in any episode the woman was always like some madame maxime like height woman oh, like yeah. they're always like six four or something like that and their their elbows would be at the shoulder <laughs> of these guys like it was like a running gag that like they oh you think we're short we're gonna make ourselves even shorter <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh just I, and, and and stuff like that you know it's hard to stop and appreciate Someone going, you know, it'd be funny if we make ourselves really look idiotic <laughs> where, you know, whereas Tom Cruise, I don't think anybody's allowed to be over five, nine in a Tom Cruise picture. I think it's against yeah. it's against you know, if, if if they are, he, he's got to be he's got to have a box. <laughs> there was a scene at the beginning where it literally looked like not only were these dudes taller than them naturally, but it looked like they almost put them on stands to be even taller it almost looked unnatural how taller they were. <laughs> it was pretty great. I don't. Th- I don't remember if I've ever seen this. It, I feel. I feel like maybe I've seen pictures or clips because what you're describing sounds familiar, but I don't yeah, know that I've seen. Definitely, it. There's, there's that's two of definitely them. There's, a must see. There's that one, and then they do a. Uh, I guess a sequel called. <laughs> I forget what it's called, but I think 
Mile Heil No Longer or something like that. I can't remember what it's called, but that one's also pretty good. I'll Never Heil Again. That's I'll Never called. Heil Again. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a year later, yeah. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, definitely a classic there. Um, their very first short, Woman Haters, um, is actually kind of, it's, it's not their best, but it's interesting because the entire clip is is rhymed from yeah. beginning to end. The, really? All the dialogue rhymes all the way through. It's, and d- uh, does it get stale after a while? Yeah, I mean, maybe a little bit, but yeah. I, it, to me, it was super interesting, and I I, I appreciated it for the art. Yeah, it was. Uh, it what was, was up with all the episode. woman hater things? But the little rascals had the yeah, He-Man woman, woman hater club. club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the the plot of it is is uh. Uh, the, these guys join this club, the woman haters club, the three, you know, the three guys. And then, but uh, Larry is actually seduced by a woman and uh, ends up having to marry her. <laughs> He's like, they're like, no, you can't marry this girl. You got to go break up with her. So he goes to try to break up with her, but then he arrives and it's an engagement party and the dad's there. and everybody's How often, how often did these three knuckleheads, one of the three knuckleheads get in a situation where they were being forced to marry a woman? <laughs> like these guys couldn't get tail in the, the, the characters <laughs> right. to save their lives, but they were always in a situation. I don't want to marry you. I don't want, I'm not, <laughs> I want to be in love. That kind of stuff. Larry was the one in that one. I know. I don't think I've seen that one either. I, but again, if I saw it, I might immediately recognize it because yeah. I've seen. Oh, so there's many. one with Shemp that's that way where he. Um, yep. Dang it! I cannot remember the name of the 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 clip, but he he's a uh, he's a music teacher. Yep. Yep. And, yep. Well, I was like, definitely he's thinking of that the one. girl to sing, and then he comes and she's like horrible at singing, but she mm. is totally in love with them yeah and he's just like oh, she, get away from and me she's she's done up to look like a total rube yeah. like right. just like a total <laughs> dork and uh she leaves and the guys come in are like here you know your uncle died and he leaves you all the money but you got to be married yep so he's like crap and so he's pulling out his black book and they're trying to find girls to yeah. try to marry him and all this stuff and, yep. and, and then there's like a basically it ends up there's a royal rumble of all these hungry <laughs> gold diggers well at first they all tell him no and then they find out in the papers that he's going to be rich yep. and they all show up uh, they're just beating them they're just beating the crap out of each other <laughs> it is good stuff man dang it yeah i gotta i gotta find the name of that clip man because that one that's definitely one of my favorites um another classic disorder in the court you guys remember oh, that? I, do. Oh, yeah. I remember disorder, disorder in the court, in the court. <laughs> i think i've seen that more than any of them yeah that's probably. where larry i believe it was larry who had the classic line you know i've ordered i have a ham and cheese on rye or something yeah, like I, that or it's like pastrami on raw. I don't remember, but but that gag was used <laughs> yeah. in everything forever. Maybe they didn't create it, but I've always felt like that was a spiritual origin. <laughs> it was great because it's a murder trial, and uh, they're trying to get to the bottom of it. And there's this whole musical number in the middle of it where the girl is the dancer, and she gets up, and she was trying to give testimony. Like, well, my, well let's just show you. And so the guys get them, they start playing, and the girl takes off her thing, and she's like a dancing girl. And you're like, whoa. And it's, uh, yeah, good stuff, man. That's definitely. Yeah, that's, that one's weirdly in the public domain for some reason. Oh, is it? No that wonder you episode, see it all the time. Yeah. There's only four episodes in public domain, and that's one of them, which. I think it explains why I've seen it so many times. Yeah, if you ever go back in time to the 90s, early 90s, and go through the videotape aisle at the grocery store, you'll find that yeah, packaged three. in three different styles, <laughs> yeah. three different companies trying right. to sell 
the same one. Same the little rascals are the same way. What was it? Uh Bear Shooters, yeah. Schools Out, yeah. and uh The Follies of nineteen thirty eight. I don't know that one. That's the one where uh, Alfalfa falls asleep and dreams that he's in the future. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's one of Those three were on every video cassette. That's true. Um, A couple other ones that um, are um, must-sees, in my opinion. There's there's one in their first year in 34 called Three Little Pigskins. (laughs) Yeah. uh, That was so good. That is a good one. (laughs) This is one. they're, They're guys trying to get work. And so some guy um, hires them to hold signs, but they're dressed up as football players mm. and they're mistaken for the horsemen, the Notre Dame four horsemen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, these guys want to hire them to play football for them so they can, you know, win the bet or whatever. And uh, that's that's definitely a classic and also features a very, very, very young and very blonde Lucille Ball. Mm-hmm. That's so, the one. That's the one. That's the one. So. Yeah, that was very interesting to see Lucille Ball. I mean, super young, super young. But um, <laughs> that's that's so brilliant. Their their jerseys numbers. They, oh, yeah. They're like H two H two O one half and a question mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, question mark. Yeah. <laughs> this is like stupid <laughs> gags like that. And why that was, not? That that was interesting trivia about that episode. That was the only. Uh, short where they use stunt doubles for one of their uh gags i guess there was a, oh. i guess there was a gag where the fo- the football players you know piled on them like a a scrum yeah and so they're like we're not doing that you got to have somebody else <laughs> the uh stunt actors ended up getting a bunch of cracked ribs and stuff <laughs> oh man <laughs> bullet dodged yep wow the three freaking stooges I am in such the mood now yeah. to fall asleep. Watch. Are there any Three Stooges on any of the streaming services? Uh, Not that I'm aware of. I have. They, they do have an ultimate collection. Yeah. I haven't priced them out lately, but literally it's all the shorts. Yeah. And then yeah. a couple of like other movies and some, you know, documentary behind the scenes stuff. Right. Which if is you really want to cool. get, I think the DVD, I looked it up a couple days ago. This has changed. So just for DVDs, it's like, 40 or 50 bucks. Oh, that's Maybe. not bad. For not all. I mean, I mean, we're talking that's 20, a lot of content. 20 years. It's of DVDs. Content. You don't need Blu-ray for these or black. You really don't. I think 480p will get <laughs> yeah. you there just fine. Yeah, it will. Yeah. So I, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll have Maybe to we'll find some stuff on YouTube. I was so going to say, we might have to. Watching some three stages. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they have, the, they have childhood. most of them on YouTube, by the way. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. That's like childhood for me. It's like, literally, it's good. It's like, it's like being back in the womb, falling asleep to Stooges. <laughs> That's what I want to yeah. do. I love yeah. it. We might have to hop on Discord or something, maybe um, list out some of our favorite apps or something. Yeah. We'll do a little um, more research on them. Because, uh, yeah, I've just started rewatching them and I just, man, I. I love these, man. I just love them. I, you know, and I, I keep bringing it up, but between the Three Stooges, Laurel and Hardy, and the Marx Brothers, you have three such different flavors of comedy. Yeah, that all happened at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like the, it's like, and the reason why Laurel and Hardy, I grew up more on Laurel and Hardy, but the reason why they're different is because Stan Laurel was a damn genius, and he had a British, for a good reason, British sense of humor. Yeah. And so it was much more it, it it was the everything was supposed to be the opposite of frantic. It was like make the audience sit through the build up so that the payoff lands harder, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a total different style where the three seizures are there's there's no build up. It's just 
gag, 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 gag. Right. Most of the time. Sometimes they'll set you up surreptitiously, right? But yeah, like I, I, I just I look at that era and just say, look at those three corners flying at the same time. And it was just like to be a kid sneaking into the theater, you know, getting a nickel's worth of popcorn or whatever. Yeah. And just <laughs> what a time mm-hmm. that I, I was born too late. <laughs> but I like the internet and air conditioning. Yeah, there wow. you go. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Indoor Smartphones. Plumbing. Indoor plumbing was yep. a thing. Not everybody had it. Never. Polio vaccines. Polio vaccines. <laughs> I'm quite fine, fond of. Big fan of Jonas Salk. Big fan. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, we're going to wrap this up. Yeah. I would like for you guys to get on and say uh, on our Discord channel, if you go to betterkind.com and click on the Discord link, jump into the Fly Casual Discord channel and uh, tell us all about uh, your favorite Stooges memories. Clips, Clips memories. Um, or gags. just even that classic comedy from that era that really resonates with you. Yeah. We'd love for you to join us and 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 share with us because sometimes shoot we find stuff from you guys all the time we get recommendations from you guys and we get excited about it uh so please join us there and do that also get the podcast wherever you get it. if you run out and give us a nice little review help us reach a few more listeners i don't know algorithms are stacked against us but you never know i don't tell tell your coworker uh if you convince them if you're convinced they won't go to hr about it that <laughs> they should listen to the podcast in the meantime i'm Corey over there's josh that's me over there's mike 99 over there's Howie. I am ready to go visit Garrick's party. Mm. That's a good call. I am ready to party. Over there's Garrick. Here's my ranking of Stooges. Curly, Moe, Shimp, Larry, and that's all. I don't recognize any other Stooges. <laughs> yeah, I understand. That's it. Understand. Which, which did you go? First what? to last or last to first? That was best to worst. Okay. There you go. Jelly. Really, no worst stooge though of the of the, of the ones yeah. you just said. So there, yeah, it's all parallel. They're, They're all great band. One. They're all one stooge. One mega stooge, like Stooge Voltron. I enjoyed Mo the least. Really, up, but I I respect him the most now. Yeah. By the way, just so you know, there is one episode that features all three brothers: Shemp, Curly, and Mo. Um, all together on on the screen. This is after Curly had his stroke, mm-hmm. and he came back. And there's a scene on a train where there's a snoring guy, mm-hmm. and they pick up the hat, and it's Curly with a full head of hair. Yeah, so <laughs> you gotta you gotta seek that one out. I'm trying Just to it. find the name of the episode. It is called Oh no, that's not it. Oh, that's not it. All right, I'll look uh, that up. Yeah, I have to look it up. Good one. If you find the name of the episode, post on our Discord. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye.